Welcome to the Gypsam's Guide to Wellbeing at Work. I'm David Ragliate, and I am delighted to be working with Gypsam's on this project, which aims to highlight the importance of wellbeing schemes in the workplace. We hope that this podcast series will act as a guide to setting up a workplace scheme of your own. In this episode, we meet Angelo Serisola from Gibraltar's Care Agency. As well as learning about some of the unique pressures felt by Care Agency staff, we discuss some of the ways they plan out their activities. Thank you, Angelo, for your time today. Thank you, David, for having me. Just for the benefit of our listeners, can you tell us a bit more about the Care Agency? So the Care Agency is a statutory body, and we provide effectively social services to the psychological services, child protection services, adult services, disability services, uh, and uh, all those services that would effectively sorry, come under uh, social care services in the UK. So that's what the Care Agency is as an organisation. How many uh, employees, roughly, do you, do you have? Over 300 right. employees. And that is mixed between administrative staff, psychologists, social workers, nurses, occupational therapists, counsellors, uh, nurses, and so on. What constitutes well-being at work at the care agency? For us, well-being at work, when we first joined, it was um, for us to understand what we as an employer w- were doing. So effectively, what we were doing right or where were the, or if this um, project, when we, when we first um, started this project, mm-hmm. if it would show us any gaps within our services, gaps in terms of were we supporting our employees well enough? And if not, where were those gaps? So doing the scheme was going to identify those gaps for us. So that's why it's important we, we did it. And we realized one thing, that um, although this was driven from the top, so, so from senior leadership, we gave control to frontline staff. Uh, we effectively set up a committee, a committee for, for workers to get together, there was a little management input, and tell us what they felt would be helpful. And that ranges from the experiences of a return to work after they've been sick, from debriefing after a serious incident. You've got to remember that our employees are dealing with situations of extreme stress and anxiety uh, when they provide social, social care services. They, people that experience trauma, abuse, uh, neglect, uh, and, and several different types of trauma. So we're aware that our employees are, are, are not only when they leave their house having their own problems, but working in an environment professionally where they also uh, work with people that experience an array of difficulties. So for us, it was important that we knew, and it still is, that our employees are able to um, feel supported uh, in all senses, you know, manageable workloads and understanding of what their mental health needs are and their general well-being. That's effectively what was important for us. So why did you decide to enter the Gypsam's Wellbeing at Work Awards? We entered because we wanted to we wanted to find out again what as an organization we were doing well and what we weren't doing so well. And the best way to achieve that was by engaging all, all levels of, of the service. So all levels of the, the management structure mm-hmm. to include sort of employees, uh, middle managers and senior managers. So the best way to find out was by asking everybody. And the way we did that was by structuring debriefing sessions, by structuring presentations, by setting up a well-being committee, by having some of our counsellors lead on presentations on mindfulness. So different projects and different interventions that uh, helped us gather data. And the way we measured the success of that was by looking at statistics on sickness, staff sickness levels, uh, over the last few years. Uh, and comparing those to the last year, year and a half. And we've, we've noticed that there has been a decline in sickness levels within the, within the organization. So 
for us, for, for us, that's indicative that, you know, things are, are working. And, you know, I'd like to say that, you know, our ambition is that we're going to carry on doing more and more and more, but that's not always realistic. Our ambition really is to, to, to reach a level of stability and sustainability within the organization where, you know, people still feel they can report concerns, be it past concerns that they've got in their own private, private life that is impacting upon their professional work and also encouraging a culture of learning learning together, learning and developing together. So those are two two takeaways that are important for us. It sounds like there's a lot of different activity from committees to actually events to mindfulness to yeah. um, I'm sure face to face and kind of e uh, communication with with staff and teams across the care agency. I'm particularly interested in learning more about how you planned your scheme. So maybe take it back to the start. Uh, did you carry out any research into well-being at work schemes abroad? How how did you reference what would fit here in Gibraltar? That's an interesting question because when I first they started as as a lot of things start with Marilou over uh, coffee. Uh, and that coffee then, you know, springboards into a project. And she's very good at allocating projects. Uh, and uh, she really has a skill of, uh, you know, bringing people on board. So it really started as a, as a, from, from a concept, you know, a chat that we were having around how we support people generally and how we support those that support others mm. to then, you know, saying, okay, well, let's formalize this. You know, it sounds like you're doing a lot of, Marie-Lou was saying, it sounds like you're doing a lot of, of this for, for the employees, but have you thought about capturing that into some sort of a framework? And from that concept, we we then met as a as a senior leadership team, and we thought, look, you know, how can we best get the data that we need to ensure that we've got systems in place that you know support people in in a meaningful way? And we the, obviously the bedrock behind all that is the value base of of the professions that people are subscribed to, be it a social work counselling. Uh, care professions generally, and the value base is that of you know being a being a an empath, you know, uh, having you know listening to people with you know, uh, you know being congruent, you know having un- unconditional positive regard for people, being non-judgmental. So values that you know should should support uh, the general work that we do as an as an organisation. So so from there we then said okay, um, let's look at research published from you know Nice, from Social Institute of Care Excellence, etc., from National Institute of Care Excellence, from established studies on how we manage welfare and well-being, and we came across the realization that you know the first time you hear about an employee experiencing difficulties shouldn't be in an HR meeting. That should have be, that should have been picked up way way before. Uh, by their either their colleague or their their, their front line uh, or their line manager. So that's the, that's what we wanted to embed. So we said, okay, but how do we get to know that people are not experiencing well? Well, maybe it's a chat after work. Maybe it's allocating time within work to offer supervision, to offer debriefing sessions. So that's pretty much how it started. Now a lot of that work had been happening, but it wasn't coordinated within the well-being structure. How do you map your scheme out? So let's look at practical tools, even like shared calendars, anything like that, because where, from the sounds of it, you're doing a lot of activity and, as I said, a lot of different uh, types of schemes and, and initiatives. How do you map them? Well, when we, it, like in most organizations, you send an email 
and then you hope that everybody's going to jump on board because you, you hope that everybody's going to understand that email in the same way that the author has written it or with the intention the author has written, has written that email. And then you come to realize that, you know, to engage people in a meaningful way, uh, it, it doesn't suffice to have an email. So what we did was literally have a lead of each section, so a senior manager from each section, communicating this to their teams. And that's how we galvanize support for the, for, for the idea of having this uh, framework set up. And then thereafter, you know, it was uh, setting up group meetings that we obviously now call a committee, having uh, minutes taken, having those actions fed back to senior leadership so that we could then look at that and see, okay, what, what can we put in place to, to mitigate whatever concerns are being brought forward? And also, what are the giving sometimes employees um, feedback on why certain things cannot be done so that they can also have an appreciation of what, how difficult it is sometimes to, to put in place things that, from their point of view, may be realistic. But when you look at uh, constraints like every organization may have, they're not so realistic or it's not something that can be delivered within uh, 12 months. It will take, you know, a few years. So. Uh, I think uh, employees really appreciate honesty uh, and welcome having that feedback. Um, you mentioned earlier one of the metrics, which is less people going on uh, sick leave. Are there any ways, other ways that you measure staff well-being at the moment? We measure that through the um, debriefing sessions. Okay. So the session is, tends to be run by, by a professional, a social worker, a counsellor, uh, or a lead nurse. Um, and they will collate that data for us. So how do you encourage a positive work culture at the care agency? Well, one of the things we do is that we have uh, in-service days and team-building days. So that's an opportunity for um, certain, well, for groups mm. of different sections to get together and uh, cover an issue or, a training opportunity or, or cover a training exercise and at the same time discuss uh, concerns, well, well-being concerns, or welfare concerns that they may have as a group. So that's that's something we have in place. All right. Well, thanks for your time. No, thank you, David. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode, in which we learn about some of the ways employers can engage members of staff and get lots of ideas for potential activities. Remember, it's not too late to enter this year's Wellbeing Awards, so find out all the information from the Gypsams website. Gypsams is a Gibraltar-based charity and confidential listening service for those individuals experiencing emotional distress. It exists to reduce the number of suicides and support people through tough times. Find out more at gibsams.gi.